welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We're starting a new series today called Planted and Flourishing from Psalm 92. In Psalm 92 in verse 1, it says this, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp and the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord, your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand, that though the wicked sprout like grass and evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. Verse 11 says, My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. And look at it in verse 12. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted. Everybody say planted. In the house of the Lord, they flourish in the courts of our God. And it goes on and it says they still bear fruit in old age. What a beautiful promise. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. What a beautiful psalm this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. God, we're just so grateful, Father, to come under the teaching of your word, Lord. We pray it would speak, Lord. We know that when your word goes out, it never returns void. So, Lord, we thank you for that promise, Father. We are grateful this morning again for Jesus. Lord, for all that he paid, all the, 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 the price that he paid, Lord, and the resurrection power that is the finished work of the cross, Lord. We thank you for that, God. We pray for colonial kids, Father, that whatever carnage is going on in there right now, Lord, that you would just calm, calm the leader's souls in Jesus' name. And we all said together, Amen. Amen. So two goals for this series, and you can write these down if you'd like. But I always kind of have these goals. What, what, God, what do you want us to, where do you want us to get to with this series? And the first is this, is that we will understand on a greater level how much we need to be planted in church. On a greater level, you might have a great understanding of that already. And that's great. I'm glad. That's awesome. But my goal is that you'll go to an even deeper level of understanding. An even deeper level of revelation. And how badly you actually need this promise to be fulfilled in your own life. The second goal is that we will understand on a greater level how incredible God's house is and get a glimpse into why it is that Jesus would give up his life for the church. And so the church could be formed and the church could go forward. And here's the overarching thought of the series is this. There's no other place like God's house. I'm going to say it again. There's no other place like God's house. Psalm 84. Psalm 84 says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather, 
I would rather. I love how it's singular, it's personal. I, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. There is no other place like God's house. There is no other place. And I could love, I'd love it if you could write this down. I'm going to ask you to write a few things down throughout this series. But the first is this, the church has no rival. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth today, 2019, is the greatest organization that exists on the earth today. It is the greatest organization. The little old local church is the greatest organization that exists on the planet today. Why? Because Jesus runs the church. Jesus is the head of the church. We are the body, but he is the head. And the greatest organization that exists on planet earth today that will survive depressions, it will just survive world wars, it will survive all kinds of stuff, the local church will always survive because it's not a natural organization. It's not something that was formed by man. It's not something that, if you look at the great empires in history, Roman Empire is a great example, comes straight to mind, but the church is greater because the church has Jesus as the head. So that's the overarching thought this morning. And I love associations and I love community work and I love education facilities, the great education schools in our world and all that, so all that stuff is great. But the church has no rival. There is nothing as great as the church. There is nothing that is at the level of the church. Look at Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 2. It says this. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord, look at it, shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. There's nothing as high as the church. There's nothing as great as, at, as God's house. Can I get an amen, amen in church this morning? Write this down. What I'm a part of is greater than the part I play. What I'm a part of, and I'm not speaking about colonial church, even though I love our church, and there'll be moments that I talk about our church, but what we're a part of, and I talk about the global church, the global work of God, what God is doing on the earth today, what I am a part of is so much greater than the part that I play. It's perspective. It's perspective for us this morning. I hope this series will maybe ask us, make us ask a couple of questions. The first is this, am I planted? Am I truly planted yet? Or maybe another question, am I in the process of being planted? Am I on the road towards being planted? Because there's a process. So we're going to get straight into point number one, and you're going to have to stick with me with point number one because I'm going to explain it. But point number one is this, I am a tree. Okay, just write that down. Look, look at the person next to you and say, this guy's lost it. I am a tree. But hey, look at me. Come back. Come back. There's three ways that God's people are kind of described in, in Scripture or given a picture of. And if you look at even Jesus and the way that he taught, he taught in parables, stories, helped us understand through, through almost like his own personal motion picture called parables, but the three ways that we're described, God's people are described in Scripture. The first is as sheep. Psalm 96 and verse 7 says, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. So we're described as sheep, and obviously 
God is the shepherd, Jesus is the good shepherd, and so that's one way that we're described as in his house. Another way we're described, another picture God gives us, because remember, he's trying to explain, this is what God's trying to do when he gives us these illustrations, he's trying to help us understand our relationship to him. Okay? The second is, he describes his children as like a house. Israel was called the house of Israel. Proverbs talks about our house being built by the Lord. And how we become co-laborers with Christ. He uses the, the illustration of a house. So that's the second way. But the last way that he describes his people is like trees. Psalm 1 verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who works, walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. Look at it, verse 3. He is like a tree. There it is. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. So if we are spiritually speaking, so we're not, we're sheep and God uses the the illustration of houses. But if you think about trees for a moment, spiritually speaking, you're a tree. I'm a tree. But if we're trees, it means we have roots. It means there are roots at the bottom. And those roots, we have a root system. And that system needs to be connected somewhere. Needs to be connected into something. And how often is it true that we see people and there's just no connection? And people are struggling. And maybe there's no spiritual health. But if I'm a tree, that means that I have roots. And those roots have got to go somewhere. They've got to be put somewhere. They've got to be connected into something. And I believe that's why God wants us to do this series is because he wants us to understand the life-giving part of being planted. How there's just life that's injected into us when we're planted in his house. Because here's the lie of the enemy today. The enemy wants you to believe, he wants me to believe that, well, you don't really have to be planted. You know, there's YouTube, there's options, there's Twitter, there's Facebook. There's lots of different churches out there you know, just keep your options open. Keep your options open. But you know, that's, that's completely the lie of the enemy. Because those roots that God has given us, that he wants us to connect into the ground, that he's given us, the place that he's called us to be, that'll never happen if we believe that lie. That will never take place. We will never experience what it truly means to be planted in God's house, flourishing in his courts, living the life we're called to live when we just keep our options open. And I know I hate looking at statistics, but unfortunately, from time to time, I do. But I think the statistic at the moment in America is that most most people in this country, they go to church once every four weeks. And in my experience, sort of lots of, we talk about this drive-through thing, but the reality is people use that, that, that mindset, that mentality. That's their mechanism for approaching church life. Can I just encourage you, friend? You're ripping yourself off. You're completely ripping yourself off because there's so much greater for you. You could be planted in the house. See, this is what I also know is that people love Psalm 92 and verse 12. They love it because everybody wants the blessing. Planted in the house, flourishing God's courts. Yeah, I want to flourish. Oh, it sounds so great. I just want to flourish. I want to be blessed. I want to have all the goodness that comes with flourishing. I want to have all, I want everything in place. But think about it. I want to have my relationships. I want to have great friends. 
I want my family to be in a good place. I want my children to be in a great situation. I want all that. You see where I'm going with this? So everybody wants step number two, but no one wants to focus on part number one. We need to be planted in church because the reality is this. God is saying your life is like a tree. What's your tree going to look like? How's it going to end up? So point number one is I am a tree. I need to understand that God has given me this spiritual picture for my life. That I am a tree. That means I have roots. And point number two is this. If I'm a tree and I have roots, that means I need to be planted. I need to be planted. There's no other choice because if I'm not planted, ultimately, spiritually speaking, I will die. I will die, I'll grow stale, I'll stop producing what God has for me, I'll stop producing what I need in my life, I'll no longer have that fresh revelation that comes from heaven, and I won't have anything to produce. But if I have a root system that is planted, there's a future, there's a hope, there's that reminder, that constant reminder, that's what church is. I love that, this is something that God's been showing me lately about church, is it's just a constant reminder. What am I being reminded of? I'm being reminded that I'm saved. I'm being reminded that I'm blessed. I'm being reminded that I have grace. I'm being reminded that people love me. It's a constant reminder, but you can't have the constant reminder if you're flirting around the idea of being planted. I need to be planted. My roots have got to go down somewhere. I need to be in good soil. I wonder if you're in good soil. You know, I would love it if everyone was in a life-giving church that preached the Word of God and worshipped. and That's good soil. And my prayer today is that Colonial would be that for many people. Yeah. The Colonial church would be the type of people when people say, this is good soil, I'm planting my life here. Yeah. I've had, I'm not doing this moving around thing anymore. I have decided I'm going to plant myself in this church and whether it's, it's a good day or it's a bad day, my roots are down in here. That means I can't be ripped out easily. This is my church. I am planted here. That's my prayer for our church. That's why we do things like the drive. We say those things because that's what we believe for people. I play, I, my prayer is that Colonial would be that for people. A place where the roots of people's lives would go down deep. A place where we're given the grace to work it all out allowed space for that root system to develop and be established. How does that happen? It happens through worship on Sundays consistently. It happens through going to essentials classes and saying yes to that invite to being in a connect group. That's how the roots go in. Invites to Woven or coming to Grill and Chill, Wild Man, maybe getting on the Dream Team. But I pray that Colonial would be that place that people could be planted here. That people could see this as a place to sow their lives into. Not just for them, but also for their family, for everyone. A place where people are fed by the Word of God. Scripture is opened up on a Sunday, preached in a way where Sundays connect to Mondays and faith is stirred. And people realize, man, this is helping me. This is building my life. And promises are spoken over all of us, God's people. Promises are spoken over you. You might be sitting there, you might think for a moment in the natural world, I'm just sitting here. Sitting here and this guy's up there and speaking. But you know what's actually happening in the supernatural and the spiritual? God's promises and His Word are being spoken over you. That it's going out. 
in the supernatural. It's going out, it's being spoken over you. And I love it. We, we talk about opening up our hearts, but you open up your heart to receive that every single week, your life will change. Your life will grow. There'll be a freshness to how you walk. There'll be a freshness to how you approach your spiritual life. Come on, am I preaching to anyone this morning? I feel like this is good stuff. I pray to be a place where I can learn what the overcoming life looks like. If you're planted in church, I believe it's the best place you can be to overcome in life. When challenges come, you figure out this is how I can overcome. We walk through the seasons, but we come to a place where we see the overcoming life take, to pl- take place for ourselves. You know, in verse 11 of that psalm, it says, My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. And you could focus on the, well, he's talking about war and people, you know, being taken out and all this stuff. That's actually not what it's about. It's about the psalmist saying that I have seen breakthrough. I have seen the overcoming life. I have seen breakthrough. That's what that means. It means I've seen the overcoming life. I've seen God help me overcome. I've seen breakthrough for myself. And that can't happen unless we're planted in church. I believe that church is a place, or hopefully our church is a place where we hear the sound. In the message translation of Psalm 92, it says, my, eyes are, my ears are filled with the sounds of promise. The sounds of promise. I just want to preach about that for a moment because I believe there's a sound in our church. From the moment you walk in the doors, there's a sound. It's kind of like a buzz. And I heard it this morning. I said to someone in our church, I was like, man, it's 8.45. This place is teeming with life. There's people everywhere. People are getting to church early. But there's a sound. There's a sound in the foyer. There's a sound when people are starting to make their way to their seats when the pre-roll is going. We don't just play some any kind of music in the pre-roll. It's actually curated and designed to help us know that church is happening and be able to guide us towards that moment where we begin to, to worship and come into the presence of God. But it's all that's that sound. And then the sound of worship happening and people lifting their voice and raising their hands and connecting with God. There's a sound. And I pray over the There's a different sound. But I love that sound too. I'm going to miss that sound when we get into the new building. But I believe there's also a sound when it comes to the preaching. And it's beginning to happen, but it's a sound when you, you come into church and you're like, yeah, that's my pastor preaching. I know that sound. That's the sound. My ears are filled with the sound of promise. The psalmist says, See, I believe when you're planted week in, week out, you hear that sound. That sound becomes reality to you. And this is what I believe over you and over me, is that that sound will draw you back every week. Because you begin to understand, man, I'm planted there. I've got to be there. I'm planted there. I need to get to church. I'm, that's my church. I need to be planted. I need to be there and hear that sound. I'm not saying people can't take vacations or go. It's not like that. But over the course of seasons of life, where are we planted? I'd love it if you could write this down because I believe this is truth. I am different because I'm planted in the house. I am different because I'm planted in God's house. That's not an arrogant statement. That's not an elitist statement. But we're different. 
because we can't easily be swayed and pulled in one different direction to the other. Where, And I love it, the wrestle that happens sometimes when something big in life happens and you can't make it a church and people are wrestling there, uncomfortable with the idea of missing church because they're different. My life is different because I'm planted in the house. When we're planted, we're surrounded by other trees. And the very positioning of people around you means that at times you're shaded. At times you're nourished. At times you're supported. To remix this series from a couple of years ago, I talked about the, the trees out in California, the redwoods. And I don't know if anyone knows this, if you've studied or you've even looked at it, but they have very shallow root systems. There's roots in the ground, but the the root system of these massive trees, the biggest trees on the earth today have these root systems. But the reason they're so big is because the root systems are intermingled with each other. So there might be a ton of big redwoods, you see them all, but all the root systems are all together. And they go in between each other and they cross over. But what happens is they're supporting each other. They're nourishing each other. That's the picture of church. That's what church should be. It should be a place where we're shaded, we're nourished, and we're supported by other trees. When we're planted, two things happen. We're around other trees, but we spend our lives living in the presence of God. Yes, we can experience God's presence anywhere, but church is exactly where you experience the presence of God. Look what it says in Psalm 92 in the message. It says, My ears are filled with the sounds of promise. God will pro- good people will prosper like palm, palm trees. It says, They grow tall like Lebanon cedars, transplanted to God's courtyard. Look at it. They'll grow tall in the presence of God. Grow tall in the presence of God. It's so wonderful. Growing tall in his presence. I don't know about you, but I want to be in God's presence as much as I can. Yeah. See, it's different to say, yeah, I'm just, I'm just sort of, I'm at church a lot. You say, oh yeah, I go to church a lot. That's great. Good for you. But what you're really doing is you're getting in the presence of God. You're getting in the presence of God week in, week out. Another thing I love to say is don't come to church to be entertained. Come to church to enter in. What are we entering into? We're entering into the presence of God. That's why we put such an emphasis on worship in our church. We put such an emphasis on worship because that is how we enter God's house. We come in with thanksgiving and praise. The password, thank you. Grateful hearts. But I love it because we're in God's presence. But hey, when we get planted, when it comes to being planted, it takes a bit of work. Getting planted takes some work and it takes some dirt. It takes some work and it takes a little bit of dirt. And here's the problem, is that some people get a little bit uncomfortable with that. But if you're willing to ride over the discomfort of maybe a little dirt, figuring out a little bit of messiness, and then you get planted... The enemy loves, would love to just stop you at that point and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, are you up for this? Are you sure you want to go through this? That's what the enemy will get right into your face. And he'll say, ah, oh, you know, nah, man, there's, there's probably another spot down the road that's easier than this. There's probably another place you could go where, you know, the requirements aren't as high. 
There's probably a place where, you know, the people will be a little bit different. Why don't you go check that place out and exactly what God is saying, say, no, no, get into the dirt. Get planted in the house. Get your roots down deep and get strong and grow tall in the presence of God. Is anyone around here started cleaning up their oak leaves yet? Are you like me? You just kind of blow them in the neighbor's yard. <laughs> Truth time. I'm sort of putting that off at the moment, but I'm going to get there. I promise I'll rake them up. But the oak trees, they're causing all these beautiful oak trees, causing all kinds of havoc at the moment because they drop the leaves and then comes the oak blossoms Then you get everyone sneezing. My pool is like a sea of yellow. It's just this time of year. And I love where we live. I love this part of the world. It's home. But God gave me a picture. I started to think about that in this series and what God's doing. And he showed me this incredible picture. But in verse 14 of Psalm 92, it says this. It says, they still bear fruit in old age. Speaking of you and me, God's people, the righteous. People that are in Christ says they still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. And that means, spiritually speaking, that we're spiritually potent. We've always got a word from God. We're always ready to to put into people. We're potent. We've got fruit in our lives. But God gave me this picture when it comes to the oaks. In Psalm 61, it calls God's people oaks of righteousness. I love that. Oaks of righteousness. But I started to think about these big old oak trees that are everywhere around here. And I feel like the Holy Spirit gave me this picture. He says, you know those trees? They're planted. They're in the ground. But every single season they produce something new. They're in the ground. They're not going anywhere. They're immovable. They're consistent. They're faithful. They're planted. They're not going anywhere. But every single season they produce something new. Every single season, they go through the regeneration process. So what what you might see on the outside is this big old tree, but all you have to do is look up and you can see it's still producing what it needs to produce. That's the picture that God gave me for our lives. Is yeah, you might be planted in the house, you might not be going anywhere, which is the point, but you're still producing. Spiritually, you're still on fire for God. You're still getting revelation and a download from heaven in season, and you're able to impart that into the world around you, here's the point, we need to be planted. It can't look like that for us if we aren't planted. Why? Because we're getting ripped up here and try to put down there and ripped up again and over here. And Can I just encourage you? Let's be planted in the house. Let's believe that as we're planted in the house, we have to have faith in that part because we want the flourishing bit. We have to be planted first. I love it because... To me, oaks, they're strong trees. The thing I love about oaks is they're steady trees. I love them because they're consistent trees. Thank you. They're faithful. They're strong. They're immovable. And I'm believing in Jesus' name over our church, we're going to see lots of oaks. We're going to see lots of families that become oaks. Lots of lives that become oaks. The type of trees that they're not going anywhere. 
And they're putting their roots down deep and they're saying, you know what? This is, this is my house. I'm getting planted in my house. And I believe they begin to, begin to nourish the world around you. Begin over time and through the seasons. You might be new to church. You might be new to faith. But can I encourage you? Stay faithful. Stay consistent. Stay in the house week in, week out. One day God's going to raise you up to be an oak. He's going to raise you up and you might sit there and say, you, you, you're kidding me right now, Pastor. I've got so many problems in my life. There's no way I'm going to be a, sh- a shade for anyone else. Just trust God. Be faithful. Stay planted. One day you'll be an oak in the house providing shade for other people. Providing nourishment for other people. Providing shade for smaller trees that are on their way up. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So, number one, we're trees. Does that all make sense now? Point number two is if we're trees and we have roots, it means we require planting. And getting planted takes some some work and some dirt. And a healthy bit of maturity to understand there's a process to this. Can I just say when it comes to like getting into church, be up for the process. Be willing to go through the process. See, getting planted, it is a bit uncomfortable because you're getting planted. You're getting into what's happening at church. You're getting accustomed to the, maybe the way things happen here and the way things are run and no one here is perfect, starting with me. But can I just encourage you, be up for the process and point number three is this, Jesus died so I can be planted. See, I'm a tree and I need to be planted, but all this is possible because of Jesus. Here's the deal, it's Jesus who makes it all possible. He's the very thing that we get planted into. You say, I get planted into the church. What are you getting planted in? You're getting planted into Christ's body. You are being planted into Jesus. If we're planted in the house, we're planted in the church. And church is Christ's body and we are the body of Christ. We are planted into him. Just think about that for a moment. It's so easy for us. And the, again, the enemy he has a field day with this because he would love to separate that from everything else. And be like, oh, that's just, a, that's just a system. That's just an organization. You know, they've got spreadsheets and stuff. But we are being planted into the body of Christ, the church. We are being planted into Jesus. And there's something that takes place, this transformation that takes place in our life called sanctification when we are in Christ. We are different. Things look different. My heart responds differently. My perspective is different. The way I view people is different. And this was God's plan all along for you to be in Jesus and planted in his house. This was God's plan all along. All along. I feel like there's someone here today and you need to hear that. This is God's plan all along for you to be here. It's God's plan all along for you to call upon the name of Jesus. And we see it in Colossians chapter 2 in the New Living Translation. It says this in verse 6 and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must 
continue to follow him. Look what it says next, verse 7. Let your roots grow down on him. Sorry, into him. And let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. But here's the caution that comes. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from, came from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body so that you also are complete through your union with Christ who is the head over every ruler and authority. Jesus died to make it all possible. Did you know there was a price for all of this? It was Jesus' life. He paid a price for all of this to be possible. He paid a price so that we could even walk in these doors. He paid a price so week in, week out, we can even be part of God's house. Didn't used to be like this until Jesus came along. There's a price. And that price was big in John chapter 10. And I want to finish with this team. You can come up. It says, for this reason, the Father loves me. This is Jesus speaking. He says, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have, no, I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charged I have received from the Father. This is one of the most beautiful promises in Scripture that we can be planted in the house and all of that's because Jesus created the house. Jesus paved the way for the church. Jesus made a way for us to have the access we need to the Father in heaven. And I don't know about you, but when I think about church, I don't want to treat it lightly. I don't want to treat my participation in the greatest organization that exists on the earth today. Why? Because Jesus runs it. I never want to take that lightly. Because when I begin to take it lightly, I diminish its power in my life. I diminish the power and the potential that the church has in my life when I treat it like it's just some other thing. But I know it's not some other thing because of what Jesus did for you and for me. He made a way for us to enter into the Father's presence. And how does He do it? Through the church, through His body. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you. You received that word this morning. Come on, let's give God some praise in the house. I feel like there's people in this room today that if you're honest with yourself you've been kind of dancing around this issue for a little while and there's no condemnation here there's no finger pointing here I think our church does a pretty good job of understanding that people are on a journey but when you're on a journey that means there's movement can I encourage you, don't camp out in one place where maybe the enemy has time and space to be able to whisper lies to you that you receive those lies and you take them on and you think, yeah, maybe I can't be planted. Or maybe I'm not good enough for this. But can I encourage you, Jesus died 
to make way for all of this. He rose again so that this church would be created one day and for you to be able to enter into the house of God and be planted forever in Jesus' name. So I would love to pray for you. And I don't know where you're at with this journey, but this is what I know. It's a journey. God wants you to keep moving. He wants you to keep pressing in. And I believe there's people that have been not facing this issue front on anymore, but I believe God's put you in this church at this time, in this service for a reason, to hear this message. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, I just want to pray for some people this morning. If you're like, yeah, man, that's me. I've actually been avoiding the whole planning thing for a while. I've been avoiding the whole church planning thing for a while and getting myself planted in church. But you know the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now and you know that's got to end. You know that today's the day where you just say, you know what, I'm leaving it all behind. I'm going to plant myself in God's house. I'm moving on. I'm on a journey. I want to pray for some people. If that's you this morning, just lift your hand. Nice and high. You're saying, yeah, I want to be planted from now on. I'm not going to treat it surface level. I'm not going to dance around this topic anymore. I'm going to be planted. I'm going to commit to God's house. God, we just thank you, Father, for every single hand that's raised. And the hands that are raised, Lord, is because there's a commitment that's that's needing to take place in a person's life to put your house at the center of our lives. So God, I just pray for the hands that are raised, the people that are declaring this morning that enough's enough. I'm not going to dance around it anymore. I want to be planted in your house. I want to take your house seriously. So God, I just pray right now through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would help those people, Lord. Help those people take the next step, whatever it is, in the journey, whether it's to be involved in some area of church life, to, to actually be committed to being here more often, or if it's maybe saying yes to an invite to a connect group or being on the dream team or maybe going to essentials. But Lord, I just pray whatever it is, Lord, because you're in control. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would speak right now to people, that you would speak to people exactly where they're at, help them to know what that next step is for them. And we thank you, Lord, for the price that you paid for all of this to be possible. In Jesus' name. Well, we hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.